What's up everybody? Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office. Uh, beautiful uh, May 1st here in Central Oregon. Um, yeah, been uh, busy, busy uh, last couple of weeks. Didn't get to do some podcasts because we were on the road. Uh, IH Western Regionals, went to the Pomona Swap Meet, did uh, some all kinds of stuff been out and about super busy tons of work in the shop anybody needs a job and wants to move to central oregon you just let me know because uh i will put a tent in the driveway for you and you can move right in i will gladly put you to work so um today like always uh zero prep I was driving in this morning and I wasn't sure what to talk about today. Uh, so I did see a post on Facebook like two days ago um, about some steering stuff and it was on a spring over, spring over Scout 2 and it was pretty gnarly. So that I think that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I think it's going to be a combination of uh, spring over and cut and turn. So uh, get ready for a barn burner of a podcast. Um, this is where intro music would come in if I had some. Um, so <sighs> spring overs are my favorite um they're the best suspension setup uh, in a Scout 2, in my opinion, uh, for all-around functionality. Um, you get the flexibility of these factory stock springs, but yet you get the benefit of being higher. You know, everything gets moved. Um, everything gets moved up. Uh, you know, all the undercarriage springs everything gets gets brought up above the axle center line and so less stuff to hang down and get hung up on things um better ground clearance you know it's a it's like a five almost six inch lift depending on how you do it and what shackles you use um but yet still getting the ride of the factory springs and uh and the flexibility um you know a, a really good uh, setup, sleeper setup where people wouldn't imagine that you were a decent wheeler is a, you know, spring over, high steer, deep gears, you know, transfer case gears, and some, you know, lockers in the axles. And you'd be amazed where you can get on just 33s. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're on 40s, you're gonna. It's a different animal, but just 33s with some lockers, uh, it's crazy where you can where you can wheel. Especially if you add some protection, you know, some sliders, trim the lower edges off of the fenders and the um, quarter panels, and some heavy duty bumpers and some skid plates. You can get through some gnarly, gnarly terrain on a spring over it's 
it's probably my favorite of all the setups. Um, just, just because of how it performs. Uh, it's not cheap to do right. Uh, that's what's going to lead us into our next topic here shortly. Um, it's not cheap to do right, but when it's done right, it's amazing. So one of the biggest drawbacks to the spring over is that front axle. Um, if you use the Scout 2 front axle, you've got to grind a bunch out of the cast portion of the center section to have a flat spot to put the leaf spring. Um, so we don't do that here. We use a GM axle and we narrow it down uh, because we're going to end up doing a cut and turn anyways because you need the caster correction and the pinion angle. So you probably heard, you know, the, the term cut and turn quite a bit. If you've been into scouts at all, you know, um, scouts have zero degrees of caster from the factory. And when the springs start to wear out, the axle actually rotates forward, giving you positive caster, which leads to very scary highway manners. So, you know, the, the remedy, uh, the short-term remedy is caster wedges. You know, you put in between the axle and the spring and that rotates the housing back and gives you, uh, gives you some caster, makes it easier to drive. Um, but that doesn't really work when you're going spring over, uh, and all that. So we use the GM housings and then, um, do put the caster in there, end up with a couple degrees of pinion angle to help with the front drive shaft. And, um, it works out, it works out really well. Um, the GM housings have thicker tubes, um, all that stuff. So then you can just put your scout knuckles right on the, uh, the GM housing. It's a Dana 44, so everything it goes back together. It uses the same ball joints, all that stuff. So, um, you know, even the stub shafts. You know, you just change the U joint and put your Scout Two stub shafts right on the GM. I'm sorry, put all your Scout Two axle shafts into that GM housing because now that you've uh, narrowed it down to Scout size, you can just reuse your Scout Two axle shafts. So. Um, but the spring over for me, uh, is the best, um, all around setup. Uh, but the other trick on that front end, um, besides just getting the springs on top of the axle is steering. Um, that's the, the trick that you see a lot of guys use uh, the Z link it's called, I think anything scout sells one. Bill Hamilton is the champion of the Z bar. Um, I don't like them. They are not good for uh, heavy duty off-road and you'll hear people talk about how they wheeled trails with them and they're still alive. So they must obviously be fine. And that might be the case, um, except we try not to build rigs for the best case scenario. We try to build for the worst case scenario. So, you know, heavy duty, appropriate angles, um, 
you know, that kind of thing is where we go so that you don't have to worry about it and you don't have to mess with it. I mean, yeah, a Z bar will go down the road and, um, it's fairly durable in the uh, highway and, you know, driving around sense, but it's still not ideal. Um, the, the idea of high steer is where you take the, um, the steering arm that's on the axle and you move it up above the spring. Uh, a lot of the Dana 44s have what's called flat top knuckles. So scout two, 44 does not have these, but a lot of the truck, you know, GM, um, the GM 44s and the Wagoneer 44s had flat top knuckles. What you end up doing is you machine them ever so slightly just to make it a super perfect flat surface. And then you drill and tap and you bolt an arm to the top of the knuckle. If you've ever looked at a three quarter ton pickup uh, with the 44 front, You'll see on the driver's side, there is an arm mounted there. And it's kind of a horseshoe shaped arm and that's where the drag link attaches. So a lot of them have flat passenger sides as well that are not drilled. So, you know, uh, if you look at them from the bottom, there's actually bosses there where it's supposed to be drilled and they just didn't get drilled. I don't know if it's for the right-hand drive market or what it is but um what you do is you just re-drill the uh the passenger side to match the driver's side and then you can uh put a stud in there studs in there and and then have a high steer arm on that passenger knuckle uh it's old tech been doing it since the you know early 80s it's it's not uh it's not dangerous if you do it right it's not uh you know, it's just like the factory. They mounted one to the driver's side knuckle. So you're just doing the same, but on the passenger side. So, um, that's the, the high steer is, is how that works. So it brings that drag link up above the spring. And, uh, if you're really going for serious off-road, you put the, uh, you put a steering arm on the driver's side as well. And then you run your drag link and tie rod above the springs. So then there's nothing hanging down below the springs to hit any rocks or anything except for the axle tube itself. Um, so the other, the upside to high steer versus a C, Z bar is bump steer. When, if you draw an imaginary line from the pitman arm, on the steering box down to the drag link attachment hole on the steering arm on a stock scout it is a you know 30 degree angle it's kind of a it's definitely a, a steep angle which when you hit bumps it creates a lot of bump steer so you you don't want a lot of bump steer otherwise you're chasing it all over the road on a, on a rough road so by moving the steering attachment point up to above the spring off of the knuckle for the high steer setup, you've made that new attachment point damn near flat. You've made your angle from the pitman arm to the steering knuckle 
just about flat, which flat mimics the factory setup. You know, if you looked at it, your scout before it was spring over, that drag link was damn near flat, parallel with the tie rod, um, you know, level flat. So that means you do the high steer, it's going to drive like it did when it was stock. Um, now, some guys are like, oh my God, it was scary when it was stock. It was probably scary because of your caster uh, and some other stuff that wears out. Uh, generally, when we get done with the spring over here and it's got all new stuff, uh, it's got five degrees of caster, it's towed correctly, it has high steer, um, you know, good shocks, new tires, it drives better than new. They do 75 on the highway. They handle great. They steer great. Everything about them is, is wonderful. Um, it's, it's really amazing how a lifted truck like that can handle and drive as good as they do uh, when it's all done correctly. Um, you know, you run a, a Z-bar from the pitman arm down to the steering arm on a stock setup and you have that sharp, that 30 degree angle, that imaginary line, even though the Z bar connects them, it's still, you know, the imaginary line is the angle of that steering and, and that 30 degrees, that's bump steer that because the axle's changing the angle of the steering. Every time it travels up and down, it changes the angle. So when it's already at a 30 degree angle, it just gets worse as the axle travels. So the high steer is, is really the ultimate in, in strength because now you don't have a bent bar. You, you know, it does you no good to have a pre-bent steering link because if you're off-road and you're in the real hard stuff and maybe you've got ram assist or whatever, you are going to bend that thing even more. So having a straight bar is obviously stronger and then having it above the springs in a high steer arrangement where it's almost flat to mimic the factory setup, it's, it's just better. It's better in every way. Um, the only thing that you're going to run into with it is cost. High steer is expensive. You've got to change your knuckles. You've got to, I mean, it's a whole thing. It's, you know, a guy, if you are, or girl, if you are good at internetting and junkyarding and putting stuff together, you can piece together your own high steer knuckle setup for pretty cheap. Um, but most of us don't have the junkyard ability anymore we don't have the availability like some of these parts haven't been made in 40 years and they're getting slim in the junkyards so you're having to rely on the aftermarket to buy the parts that you need like parts mike makes all the stuff that you need you can buy every single piece of this conversion brand new from parts mike and it's like fifteen hundred dollars but it's the last time you'll ever need it. It uses heavy duty stuff and it's the safest and the best performing. So 
you spend $300 on a Z bar to get you down the road, but there's a chance you're going to have to redo it in the future. So I just, you know, we do not do Z bars here at the shop. We do we only do high steer when we do a spring over and it just works out better. It's just, it's just good. It, I, I don't know any other way to describe it other than it's appropriate uh, across the board. Um, you know, like I said, it's a straight bar. It's a flat link. It's, you know, all of the things that you want in a, in a steering setup. Um, you know, just, it takes some work, uh, and it's, it's not cheap to do, but the benefits of that high steer setup far outweigh any other, any other, you know, like I said, the only downside is the cost. Um, but it's worth it, in my opinion. I mean, I've got high steer on, on every scout that I've ever built for myself. They always get spring over. They always get high steer um, just because. Uh, it's, just, it's just how it is. I can't, I can't say it any other, any other way. Um, I just, it's appropriate. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, as far as spring overs go, it's not the cheapest way to do a lift. That's for sure. Uh, it's actually really expensive to do a spring over. You know, if you talk to certain guys, they're like, Oh, it's super easy. All you do is put the weld new purchase to the top and put the springs on the top of the axle. And then, you know, then you go wheeling. It's like, well, you need really long brake lines, uh, brake hoses. So, you know, the four inch ones that come, you can buy, I think through Skyjacker, you can buy uh, four inch extended braided brake lines. They're not long enough because a spring over is like, you know, five or six inches, depending on how you do it. So you have to have custom made brake hoses. You've got to have a drive shaft that's longer. You need to have a CV. Um, it needs to have a CV joint at the end, otherwise you're going to get drive shaft vibrations. Uh, same for the front. The front will also need a CV. Uh, you have to do the cut and turn on the front axle, or use the Chevy one. You know, narrow down a Chevy and set your caster and all that. You've got the high steer setup, which isn't cheap. Um, the shocks. You know, you've got to figure out shock mounts because they're even. Uh, longer now you've got uh, you know just all kinds of stuff going on in there and it's labor intensive it's not as easy as just bolting on a four inch spring and calling it a day but nothing uh, you know not to get too cliche but nothing that works that good um, is cheap you know, like you do links and coilovers, that's even more expensive. And I don't think your benefit is that much better with a setup like that. Like, I really think that the spring over is the, uh, is the, it, I don't know. It's really the best of, uh, of a lot of it. You know, it's still, you're still retaining the springs. You can keep the front sway bar for drivability. You you know, you get the flexibility of the nice flat, soft stock springs, but you get ground clearance, you get, uh, you know, just all kinds of benefits. So 
I mean, right now in the shop, if someone drives a Scout 2 in and then drives it out sprung over, we charge about six grand. Um, I know that's not cheap, but, you know, 4,000 of that is parts, um, you know, because it's, like I said, you know, now you're running bigger tires. You're going to want to re-gear it uh, because if you listen to the other podcasts about gearing, you know, your 354s might have been great for 31s, but now you're running 33s and it's doggy or you want to start wheeling it more. And so you really don't want, you know, 354s. You're going to want like 410s, 409s. Um, so, you know, it's a snowball when you do a spring over. It's, it's, it affects all the systems, which is part of why I like it because it forces you to address everything it's not it's not a bolt-on kit so you you know some stuff can get ignored but when you're doing a spring over you know if you're taking a chevy housing unless you get lucky and you find a gm axle that already has the same gears as what's in your rear end you're gonna have to re-gear the axle anyways so while you're doing a re-gear you might as well re-gear the rear end to the gear that you want you know so 33s and 410s is a nice ratio. Um, you can do 456s with 33s, but you're going to lose some highway, uh, which is some guys are fine with because they're, they're doing it for the wheeling aspect, the off-road prowess. Um, and 456s is a good gear with 33s um, for towing. You know, you get these guys with the rooftop tents and they're towing them little motorcycle trailer stuff like that you're loaded down for off-road adventures so 456s and 33s is a good is a good gear uh so again you know this spring over forces you to look at a lot of, of features and really get to build exactly what you want instead of bolting on some crap and bolting on some more stuff and bolting on this. And then you're still with a spring under not really that great performing suspension setup. Cause they do, I mean, four inch lift springs ride like a forklift. And so you're not happy with the suspension. You're not happy with the bolt on stuff you had to do to, you know, get the rig where you wanted it. And, uh, you know, so I really think that the spring over forces you to do several things all at once, and it really just transforms a rig. Um, so that's where that's where I'm at on it. I I really like them. I think they do well. Uh, it's old school tech, and you know how I feel about old school. Like a lot of times, that's the the best school. Um, it, it holds up. It stands the test of time. Um, yeah, of course, coilover setups are, are modern and, uh, you know, you can dial the shocks and springs into just exactly what you want. There's more tunability, I guess, with the coilover setup and the links, which is, you know, next level shit for sure. But, uh, for the basic Joe that maybe wants to do the work himself, but, you know, is still buying high quality parts, it's cheaper. You know, I think you can do a spring over with uh, good off-the-shelf parts for three grand, maybe. Um, so, uh, the the what you get out of it is is just so much so much better than just a bolt-on kit. And uh, 
<clears throat> you know, it's worth it. In my opinion, it's really, it really is worth it. Uh, we do add a rear sway bar to some of them. Um, like if you do have a rooftop tent, you do have a lot of gear that you're hauling around all the time. We do put a rear sway bar on just to help settle them down a little bit. Cause you know, when you're doing 65 on the freeway and you come into a corner and the thing starts to lean over on you, uh, sway bar helps, helps keep everything sturdy. So, um, you know, there is that to think about because it there is that safety side of it that some people don't think about and that you know you raise a truck six inches above where it was it becomes you know it can feel tippy or unstable um so that's why you know you run when you're doing the conversion you're making sure that you're changing all of the spring bushings out the you know, new spring bushings, new hangers, new hardware, new shackles, you know, get the Bilsteins with heavier valving uh, or whatever shocks you use. Just, you know, if you run the Rancho 9000s, you crank them up to five, um, you know, make sure your front sway bar is attached. Uh, you know, if all you're doing is wheeling, then you can take that sway bar off. But if you guys that are driving them all the time, you know, that front sway bar really does help settle it down in the corners and stuff. Um, and then adding a rear sway bar, um, that, that brings it back to like stock type stability, um, takes away some of your off-road prowess. You know, you lose some of that articulation and, and flex, but it makes the road drive, um, a little more predictable in the corners and, and invasive maneuvering for sure. So there is a trade off to the spring over there's, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect setup by any means. Um, so you do have to kind of weigh the pros and cons. So you get a spring over with a rooftop tent and a bunch of other shit. And yeah, you have to have a sway bar. Um, so that's what we do. Um, again, it's not perfect, but it's the best that's available. Um, you know, short of going to full coilovers and, and whatnot. But anyway, um, hopefully that was, um, semi-informative. I'm sure there's a bunch of questions. I'm sure I forgot stuff. That's the problem I have with doing this for so long that I don't even remember what I forget. So, uh, hopefully took care of some of you. If you have any questions, concerns, you can always, uh, message me on the socials. Um, don't forget to donate Patreon, whatever, or you can just mail me a check either way. Uh, thanks for listening. Love you guys. Appreciate everything. And, uh, till next time I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard. <laughs>